Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. As of the moment this episode drops at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, January 28th, 2021, we have officially published 100 episodes of Asian Boss Girl. That is 100 times we have pressed record, 300 if you count each of us, 100 conversations we have had, and 100 times we've clicked publish. The number 100 holds significance in many different contexts. In mathematics, 100 is the basis of percentages and represents a full amount. In politics, the United States Senate has 100 senators. In technology, 100 is the maximum percentage for completion of downloading or charging devices. In sports, it's the number of yards in an American football field and the record number of points scored in one NBA game by a single player. And in numerology, 100 represents energy that's self-determined, independent, and has infinite potential. And that's who we are. <laughs> what? We are. <laughs> I was laughing, but we are. 100. Yes. 100. Okay. 100. And in the world of Asian Boss Girl, 100 is the beginning of a new chapter they're opening as we enter the uncharted, the unknown, and incredibly promising year of 2021. From that late-night casual conversation over drinks four years ago that led to the Amazon mic purchases, Googling how to make a podcast, and claiming the at Asian Boss Girl handle across multiple platforms, to a multimedia LLC powering the number three podcast in the personal journals category in Canada, and the number seven in the U.S. on Apple Podcasts, as well as the number 12 podcast in the Life style and health category in Taiwan, and the number 17th podcast in the business category in the U.S. on Spotify. 100 episodes later, some things have definitely changed, but many things have remained the same. So let's take some time to reflect on our journey to ABG's 100, starting with a review of what has happened since we went full-time in March of 2020. In terms of the podcast episodes, we recorded and published 43 episodes from 54 to now, if you can do math. <laughs> One of our goals for 2020 was to expand our topics to better represent a broader spectrum of Asian representation. So we've brought on Drushti Gandhi, one of Janet's good friends and an EY consultant, and she shared what it's like to grow up as a South Asian American. We had Anna and Justin come on to share their coming out experience, Anna identifying as queer and Justin as gay. My fiance, Philip, and our friend Tim came on to discuss their ABB lifestyle and careers, both of them leading very different careers. And we brought on Taylor Chan and Ciara Kato, and they shared their experience as fourth-generation Asian-Americans. We also had a few live in-person events, and we've learned to adopt to the new virtual landscape by switching our in-person events to virtual as well. Thank God for the creation of Zoom. We spoke at colleges like BU, Colorado State, Northeastern, Cornell, Carnegie Mellon, University of Pittsburgh, University of Minnesota, and we spoke at some companies, Asian Hustle Network, Procter & Gamble, Skadden. We would love to do more in-person or virtual events again next year, or actually this year. 
2021. We here already. All right. <laughs> we also increased our brand partnerships. We just started in 2020 and majorly ramped up our partners via in-episode ads, social campaigns, etc. And it is a good feeling when we're able to choose the companies that we feel good about working and promoting from small businesses to female owned to companies like Bumble, which some of us here use pretty frequently, you know. <laughs> We also grew our merch line of business quite a bit. Uh, prior to 2020, we were fulfilling out of my apartment and <laughs> storing mm-hmm. our t-shirts in my closets. Um, and we officially moved our fulfillment services over to a third party, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. As we started off 2020, we actually only had two t-shirts. And in the past year, we launched our first formal collection this past summer, Cool Cruel Summer. Go to AsianBossGirl.MyShopify.com yeah. to check that out. Um, and then we also launched a, a second kind of mini co- collection drop in the fall. And that actually involved us working with uh, one of our ABG listeners in Australia to source some uh, face masks that she had created. Uh, in addition to our line of merch, we also grew our team. So, of course, starting out with the three of us, and now we have a pretty full functioning group covering all the different spectrum of activities. We have an audio editor, we have a newsletter editor, we have a graphic designer, speaking events and partnerships manager, and advisor. And specifically this year, we added on a social intern and a video editing intern. So Mm -hmm. we're quite a large group now. Mm -hmm. Another very big goal for us this year was to get into video, to start our YouTube channel. So the beginning of March, we started the channel. And throughout that time, we experimented with some vlogs. We created a self-care series, some home cooking series, and also a listener-submitted Q&A series called Dear ABG. As of the end of 2020, we released 33 videos. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's I didn't we, know that. <laughs> we started a channel and released 33 videos within uh, less than a year because we started it in March. So in, in nine months, we birthed 33 videos. Uh, oh my burr, gosh. Burr, burr. Birth, birth. <laughs> We also have other notable things that happened in 2020. The biggest thing is we actually left our jobs in March and went full-time into ABG. We also had 3 million downloads. Whoa. Mm. ABG was also featured on Spotify's AAPI Heritage Month list under the Amplifying Asian Women Voices category on May 18th. And we released the e-newsletter every month this year. We're getting into a really good flow with our editor and designer. You know, we experimented a lot of different types of content, but we're so proud of what we put out. You know, we have sections like, in case you missed it, supporting Asian-founded brands and opening up an ad space for small businesses and featuring our great brand partners. Wow, that was a lot. And that was only in the last year. So taking that all in, let's take it back even further. Let's go back to that day in early 2017 when we first started this podcast. What were you ladies most afraid of and excited for about starting our own podcast? I know. Taking it way back. 2017, you know, sounds and feels so long ago. Yeah. Well, I could start us off. One thing I was afraid of was living up to the name. I know we talk about this a lot. Um... I know despite it being our own stories and us telling our truth as Asian American women, Asian boss girl is a pretty hefty name to live up to. Mm. So I feel like I was afraid. I'm like, oh crap, like imposter syndrome. We talk about this a lot. What was I most excited for? I think on a personal front, I was excited to finally have something I could proudly call my own. Mm. I think I mentioned in previous episodes or events, I've always been on teams and behind the scenes and on someone else, like pushing out someone else's agenda or content. So to finally have something that's like, hey, this is Mel's, like I'm one of the three that's on this brand, I felt really proud. 
Um, also, I feel like we worked really hard and long on ABG before actually launching it. Like, I remember, like, oh, we're going to launch it, real, like, in February. And then it took until, like, September to launch yeah. it. So I had this feeling of, I can't believe we're finally going to launch this. And I had this anticipation for sure. So, like, I remember that, like, excitement of, like, here we go. It's yeah. about time to pu- press publish. Um, but, yeah, that was those are my feelings. How about you, mm. Janet? So I was thinking back to when we first, like, came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. And we're going to work towards it. So, like, Mel, you said, it took about six months of work, right? But at the beginning of those six months – the thing that I might have been most nervous about was more of the logistics side. Because mm-hmm. when we started, podcasting was so new. We didn't – no one kind of knew how to do it. So I was more just like, uh, okay, this is a cool idea, but like how do we – like literally – like what are the steps that we take, right? So um, – and then knowing that it would require steps and like if we're going to do this regularly, like can we ex- actually execute it, right? Um, but also I was like, well, you know, Google and YouTube nowadays, like you can find a YouTube video for anything. You can Google anything. So I was pretty confident that we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So honestly, like I wasn't really afraid of that much mo- at the beginning because we didn't really have anything to lose. Right. right? At that time we mm-hmm. hadn't kind of created anything. So I was just like, oh, this will be fun. Um, so I was actually mostly just, I was excited a lot. And I think Mel, to your, to your point about having a creative project. Mm -hmm. So when we started in 2017, this was when I was just starting to settle into a more steady career after having so many years of changing a lot. So I was starting to get a little restless Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and, um, and I was really excited to make progress towards something that was outside of work. And honestly, like I also very much love conversation, um, And I love talking and it's kind of how I process events and thoughts and feelings. So I was really excited to be able to have like a regular outlet for that. Mm. Yeah. So I was, I was mostly like not as afraid in the beginning, in the beginning, (laughs) mostly excited. But yeah. How about you, Helen? Honestly, I think I was just excited to do something different outside of my Mm. own job. Like in 2017, I felt so stuck in what I was doing and there really wasn't anything, not family, not significant other, not friends that could like snap me out of this somewhat robotic life that I was Mm. leading. And it felt good to try something new, like what you were saying, Jay, something that was super low stakes so that we didn't put too much pressure on ourselves to succeed at it. And in the early stages of like a business, like everything that you do is exponential growth, right? Since you're literally starting from square zero. I remember buying the mic off Amazon we were thinking to ourselves, oh my God, we're like so legit now. We're so committed. I actually look back at the first expense that we ever made for ABG and it was on February 20th, 2017, almost exactly four years ago now. And we bought three dragon pad pop filters, which are these spit guards that are <laughs> catching my spit right now as I speak into this mic. And the same day we bought three Snowball Ice USB microphones, both of which we all still use today. Mm-hmm. And our third expense was our Squarespace web domain, which we paid for a month after that. And then a website to track our analytics um, for anyone curious, what are the first expenses for, <laughs> for starting a podcast? And I remember going to the Wang Fu office, carrying our three bottles of wine to record oh, our God. first episode. <laughs> we literally went from like zero to hundred, <laughs> but from like zero to one episode from zero to, all right, we're like super yeah. committed now, you know? Mm. And I was just, I was very excited to try something new mm-hmm. um, in terms of what I was most afraid of. I think the biggest thing that I was that I didn't want to come off sounding dumb. Mm. and especially once I started hearing my own voice and there were other voices in the same audio like Janet's beautiful ass voice 
<laughs> and then you started comparing yourself. I was like, ew, I sound like that. And I know, Jay, you have like insecurities around around that too. Yeah, but yeah. I remember my initial reaction was like, yuck, Helen. <laughs> and then I guess over time, I kind of just got used to it. Like, this is my voice, like it or not, you know? Um, and I think the second thing I was most afraid of once we started getting bigger was having people at my super buttoned up finance job mm-hmm. finding out about the podcast and listening to me talk about fuck boys and poops and periods (laughs) awkward you know Mm -hmm. but from these past four years what would you ladies say is a really challenging memory for you from your time at abg i will say there was a moment um last year in 2020 after we went full-time we were like in this lull you know i think Mm -hmm. we were trying to trying to figure out the look sorry i was like lol 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 we were in a lol in a lol um i think we we're trying to figure out our different working schedules and um working styles and i kind of felt like a lack of motivation like there was just like a kind of like a, eh meh like kind of like period mm-hmm. uh, i think it also was probably due for me it was due to feeling lonely and like have being in shelter in place kind of did affect my mood and my mindset and I remember feeling super blah, but we eventually like hopped on a call and like really was very transparent, honest about how we felt. And we talked about our expectations and we asked ourselves, you know, why are we doing this? And I felt that conversation was so beneficial. And I don't know, for me, it just like, it just sparked this like, sparked this like, I was like, sparked my ass. (laughs) Lit a fire under your ass. Lit a fire under your (laughs) ass. I obviously don't know the saying, but it lit a fire under my ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, spark your ass works too. <laughs> That's another way to put it. But, you know, after that conversation, I feel we pushed Accelerate and really kicked things into gear. And I felt so, like, motivated and very, very inspired. I swear, like, after that moment, like, despite being COVID, we, like, exceeded our goals. And it felt so freaking good. So I remember, even though it felt, it was a challenging time, but I think it was needed for us to, like, have the end re- the results that we're getting today. Hmm. Ooh, I actually I had almost, like forgotten about that time, Mel. Um, I think because I was I was thinking about, for this question, I was thinking all the way back to the very beginning mm. and also reflecting on some of our speaking events where people kind of ask us questions like, hey, you're three women working together. Like, there's got to be some like arguments or disagreements or some like butting of heads. And we haven't really talked about it on detail on the podcast. And we say that we work really well together. And I think, I honestly believe in, in being in many different work environments I th- I can like very confidently say that we do, but it's not it's not something that just comes like without effort mm-hmm. and without like commitment. We do we are able to do this because we actually communicate with each other when things aren't working, right? Mm-hmm. And I still remember the very first time I had to communicate this, and this was a challenging memory for me because I'm not I don't like confrontation, and it's really hard for me to have co- hard conversations. But I remember at the very very beginning when we first started. Um, getting us onto the podcast uh, because of maybe my background in like UX design and I personally was so excited about the podcasting platform. I had done a lot of the work to set up the basis of how do we start the podcast, creating the website. And I felt like I had taken on a lot of the workload. Mm -hmm. And because when I'm really excited about something, I just like dive right in and I kind of go for it, right? Mm -hmm. But of course, this was the beginning and this was when it was just kind of a starting project and we were all holding full-time jobs and we did not clearly say that we were going to, how we were going to commit or like, Mm -hmm. you know. um, And so I started kind of stepping back and realizing after a month, like, shit, I feel like I'm doing a lot of work and I don't know if I feel okay about this, right? Mm -hmm. If it's not kind of being like, if we're not all prioritizing this. Um, And I still remember that conversation because I was driving home from work in West LA in my car and we had 
had the, the, the phone on speaker. And, we, you know, we had a very candid conversation. Um, and I remember saying, like, if we do continue this, I really do need to – I need the workload to feel a little bit more even. Mm-hmm. So it's challenging for me because it's hard for me to sometimes speak up for myself. But also, I don't like feeling ungrateful. And for some reason in my mind, I feel like when I vocalize my needs, it's like being ungrateful. And maybe some of that is just weird conditioning that I need to kind of get over. Um, but ultimately, I, I feel like that was a challenge that I really appreciated because – and I think that that set the tone for me to know that, hey, I put in the effort when I really care about something, whether it's relationships or work or projects, I will say when something's bothering me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like you ladies were really, really receptive to that. It was a challenge that I faced – pretty early on. And I felt like because we were able to address it, I had a really good gut feeling about where this is going. Mm. Yeah, interesting that that was your answer, because I think something kind of similar mm-hmm. um, for me for for this question. Uh, I think work, sometimes working with friends can be challenging. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Mel and Janet, and I have talked about this off the pod before, but there have definitely been moments where I felt the need to suppress my emotions whether it was because I felt like I had to be the bigger person in certain moments or I didn't want to project my working style too much or I was worried that my quote-unquote criticism would come off as too harsh. I had to recognize that I sort of left this job that that had a pretty insane schedule, that had a straight shooter environment that didn't have much balance and that that wasn't normal. And I had to remind myself at the end of the day that one, I need these ladies for sure to run this podcast and two, I am working with friends first and coworkers second, and I would never do anything to jeopardize our friendship. So that was difficult for me and sometimes still continues to be, but I feel like it's gotten a lot better. I really do appreciate when you ladies are open to hearing when I have, you know, different things that I, I need in terms of like work and structure and all of that. And I remember feeling particularly like, ooh, I need something to say when we did first hit COVID and it did feel like our, our passion was starting to dim a little bit, mm-hmm. like you had mentioned, Mel. And at first, I think I felt something similar to what you were saying, Janet, of like, am I putting in all of this work? And then is this like being equally done? Mm-hmm. And no, it was because of COVID and stay at home and every this pandemic had to like change our mood. So it, it was that moment that we had the conversation that mm-hmm. you mentioned, Mel, yeah. where I was just like, I feel really uncomfortable talking about this, but um, can we like like spark our ass? <laughs> <laughs> And then we sparked our asses. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, we've been, you know, ramping up like crazy. And I feel like the work is very equally distributed and we are working really well together. And yes, there are going to be challenges when you work with friends because you do want to, you know, maintain friendship first, coworkers second. But to do that with friends, you really do need to, to just have open dialogue yes. when you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes a bigger thing than it needs to be. Completely agree. I shared on the podcast before my relationship with anxiety. It's something I learned that won't ever go away, but I'm learning how to manage it. However, in the past, whether I'm working on a huge event or juggling multiple responsibilities, I start feeling overwhelmed and my stress level just escalates. Besides meditation, my friends who also deal with anxiety refer me to CBD. I tried different ones, but I finally found one I really like, Ned. With wellness and mental health taking a front seat, CBD has become extremely popular in the last year, making it harder to find the right company and product. Rhett, one of the founders, had difficulty finding quality, natural medicine help with his mother's Western treatments for breast cancer, so created Ned for that reason. He's all about quality versus quantity. 
I'm currently using Ned's hemp oil and it contains only two ingredients, full spectrum hemp extract and non-GMO organic MCT oil. For moments I feel super overwhelmed and can't meditate, I drop their hemp oil and let it ease away my stress. If you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for ABG listeners. Go to www.helloned.com ABG or enter ABG at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first description order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com ABG to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first description order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. All right, y'all. So we have a fun new app that Mel, Janet, and myself are going to try out. We've been trying to figure out a way to connect with you all beyond the podcast. So basically, if you've been enjoying our podcast episodes, we're going to be hosting a new weekly live show on this app called Stereo. And we're super excited for this. Stereo is a free live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time, meaning you'll be able to record a question and send it direct to us, and we can answer it live. This app allows podcast creators like us to build an even more intimate relationship with our listeners by engaging y'all in direct conversations. So if you want to check that out, which honestly is going to be so exciting, go to our Instagram at Asian Boss Girl, click on the link tree in our profile, and tap on the link that says Weekly Live Show on Stereo. Do that right now. We'll be hosting our first live show on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, welcoming you all to the platform and also just talking about some fun shows we've been watching like Bling Empire, Warrior, Bridgerton, and others. Again, head to our Instagram account at Asian Boss Girl and click on the link that says weekly live show on stereo to make sure you get an alert when we go live. I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train. If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swaddlers. With Pampers Swaddlers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swaddlers has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. And they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pampers Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do, and it's the gift that always fits. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. If you could go back to year one and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Oof. 
I would say to trust your story, to know that you are unique and that you should be proud of every part of your story from where you grew up to the struggles you faced to the internal battles you've dealt with to not hide those things. And this is a quote I saw online that said, your greatest weaknesses are your greatest gifts and your greatest gifts are your greatest weaknesses Hmm. because that's what makes you unique. And if you can be honest with yourself and share your authentic story, you're not only going to feel connected with others, you're going to feel proud of yourself and no longer hold shame. So I guess if I could go back and tell old Helen that I would have, but if if I was old Helen and I knew future Helen had told me that back in 2017, I would have been like, you dumb. All right. (laughs) I'll see you in three years. (laughs) That's good advice, Helen. Yeah. No, that was, I really, really liked that quote. But I also agree with you that if you had gone back and told yourself, you probably would have been like, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Who are you? (laughs) I feel like when I think about this question, I actually don't know if I have anything I'd say to myself or to us because I don't know anything I have to say will help change the trajectory or direction of where we're heading because I'm pretty content where we are today Mm -hmm. and I do believe everything we've gone through since year one has brought us to this point those conversations of you know being afraid to share how you really feel about your workload about how you want to change certain things up I feel all those things are needed because Mm -hmm. I think positive results came from those conversations right and so I think for me, maybe it's like everything happens for a reason mentality, but like I wouldn't say anything to to myself or us to change anything because I think everything's happening the way it's supposed to. Mm. I guess if I had to say anything, I would say the same thing I say to myself today, and that's to enjoy the ride. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. I I struggle often with focusing on the present mm. um, and enjoying enjoying the experience. So this is why I kind of like the this too shall pass quote because mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. don't focus on the things that are um, – the noise, I guess. Yeah. If I could go back to year one and tell myself something, this kind of relates to my previous answer about um, something that is like a challenging memory. I think I'd go back to that year one time and tell myself to not focus on everything having to be equal, like from the beginning, because Mm -hmm. things even out over the years. Mm -hmm. At the time that I was focused with that on our podcast, I also had kind of similar uh, feelings at work Mm -hmm. because I was at a fairly small medium-sized startup and there wasn't a lot of structure and we worked pretty uh, flat as a team and I didn't often feel the workload was even or that my recognition was even so I think there was just this overall theme in my life Mm -hmm. Um, and I was also searching for a partner and the idea of thinking about a partnership and what is equal and all that kind of stuff and this was something I, I did talk about with my therapist at the time and she really tried to hammer it into me that relationships of all form are never absolutely 50-50 at every single moment. Mm. When I look back at everything from work to ABG, it's because you have to lengthen your viewpoint of years, right? Like I feel like maybe I put in more work in the beginning, but then there were definitely periods where I didn't, right? And so you have to kind of like, I wish I I could just go back and Mm. kind of whisper it in my own ear to like calm down, be more flexible in my definition of equality when it comes to relationships and and investment and workload. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I think, Mel, to your point, like, I wouldn't have wanted to tell myself to, like, not say anything. I think it's still important to have those conversations. But I think to to help myself realize that perhaps that I was feeling those those feelings out of a place of fear. Like, because, like, why would I care that I'm putting in more effort, right? Because I feel that it might not be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And and that, that mm. goes deep into, like, relationships too, right? To feel like, oh, I like you more kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think I would just kind of go back and placate myself a little bit that way. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to add something if you guys don't Yeah. Mind. I feel like as we're talking about this, 
Um, I kind of see how much we evolved since actually year one. Because as you're talking about the workload, I actually remember feeling that way too. And um, even the communication like between all three of us, we have grown so much from then. And even from last year, I feel like there, you know what I feel like has changed or um, has grown in the past few years? But there's a level of even more trust and dependability that we have amongst each other. It's like, I know even there's, I think because when we first started, we're like, we never worked with each other ever. So we don't know how that dynamic is going to be. But for me, deep down, I feel like, okay, I know when, let's say, one week is he- heavier, quote unquote, in my mind. I know you guys are equally carrying some kind of heavy weight on your shoulder. So it's just more like, not like, I never had the mentality now. It's like, oh my God, I'm doing all this work. It's more like, no, I'm doing all this work, but they're also equally carrying this like large sack of work on their back too. So it's just like that mentality now. And also like, if I need a break or something, I know you guys will swoop in really quickly to help support. So just like the sense of like undeniable dependency that we've grown as business partners, but also it comes from us being friends. Like I say this a lot that I feel like our dynamic now is like a family. It's like, you're always there for your family, regardless of what it is. And you're accepting of when things maybe not go the way you expect it. You just know that you have that conversation. And at the end of the day, it's still love. So it's just like, I think we have grown into that that kind of relationship amongst us three too. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I think to, uh, the, the kind of takeaway point that my therapist helped me see was when I was kind of telling her like, oh, but how do I know if the workload is equal or like, how do I feel about things? She's like, don't focus on anyone else. Focus in on what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, when you leave from this, it is about whether you enjoyed your time there, mm. right? Like isolated about what anyone else is doing. Like focus on, are you enjoying the activity that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's something that I've taken with me that I, I feel like focusing on that one thing really helped me get at a place now where, yeah, I'm more focused on, um, am I am I pushing myself to the limit of growing and learning and things like that? So I think that would be, yeah, for anyone out there who's working in a group setting, like kind of open your mind about what what it is to to have equal partnership. Well, speaking of equal partnership, and, you know, of course, this is, um, you know, our 100th episode. You know, was there a moment you knew we actually had something special? Yeah, I had. So when I thought about this, I felt like there were, like, kind of multiple key moments. Mm-hmm. The very first one, and I'm still surprised to this day that it came so quickly, was I think within our first week that we published our first episode, um, we got like a couple of emails from people, like paragraphs in length, at, like expressing how like how much they connected with the content. And I just, that first moment, I was like, oh, this is really cool. But then there was also the, okay, that was one episode. Yeah. <laughs> what about the others, right? And then the second was when we had our very first meetup because that was the first time where we're like, we've only had digital reception, like digital interaction with people. Do people actually, are there actual real people who like listen to us and care to show up? And people showed up and I was like, oh, okay. Like this is a, this is like a group of like, we have, we have like legitimate people listening. And then I think the third was this last year when we were able to, on a business level, uh, sign with an agency to help us uh, kind of grow the advertising business on this podcast. So I was like, okay, there are people within the industry that see potential in what we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think our special sauce, which would be really tasty, <laughs> or a sauce, I think it also lies in our in our balance in so many ways, from the variation of our ages to the differences in our mm-hmm. personalities to the different industry experience that we bring to the podcast to how much we like to lounge or be active to, you know, we are just so similar in that we are all East Asian, Chinese, Taiwanese, but our experiences and our lifestyles are so unique and different. And I think that's what makes us work so well together. Um, and I'm going to share this story real quick with our listeners. So we were talking to this company last month, a huge potential 
presidential partnership for us in 2021. And one of our good friends who was representing us, she shared with the client how we'd be the ideal partner to them. And she said something that was a bit of an awakening for me. She said, you don't want to work with just influencers. These girls have a decade plus experience in finance, UX design, advertising, social media, entertainment. They're consultants on top of being the talent and they can help you grow your brand. And when I heard that, I was like, oh shit. That's true. Like we do bring a lot of past experience working in corporate in different industries. And we do have almost four years of experience now building a business from ground up. And I remember thinking that was a moment for me where I was like, we have something really Mm. special here. Mm. Really tasty too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm smiling as Helen says that because I remember that moment when she was, we're we're on that meeting call and she said this and she was like, they're like the trifecta. And I remember I was like, we're the trifecta? Like, <laughs> I was messaging you too on the south, like, damn, the hero accolades combined, like, the, mm. them, the three women coming together is this, like, strong force. I'm just like, wow. To have someone say that about us, I was, like, very flattered, but, like, also a sense of, like, yeah, I think we have come really far in acknowledging that. I do think uh, this dynamic is very special. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, you see it too? Okay. <laughs> like, oh, trifecta. Actually, in college, me and my, two of my best friends, we were called the tripod on campus. Oh, so this is your, your, the adult version yeah. for you. You enter another, yeah. yeah. Tripod. Tri- <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> well, what was a time that you thought about maybe giving up on this podcast? Man, um, as much as there's so many good things, like I love being a part of ABG and this team and, you know, being friends. I think running a business life there's always gonna be tough times and I definitely shared how last year was a pretty tough time for me internally you know after getting dms like what are you doing about blank or even comments about my voice it's never easy to be now public facing and you know you're definitely at the front of criticism now um and during those moments I thought I had thoughts of why am I doing this if this is literally the response I'm gonna get you know for being vulnerable whatever or like I had thoughts of like if I'm not part of ABG People are not going to even notice. So it's like, why Like, why am I doing this? But I think in moments of those dark thoughts, you know, you both remind me and I remind myself that at the end of the day, we are all needed to be to be part of ABG. And if any one of us were missing, this, this company can't thrive. And I feel that's a realization I, even though I have those thoughts, I know deep, deep down in my heart, in my stomach, my gut, whatever, um, I know that's the truth. And because like we said, we're a trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, trifecta. Maybe we should change our name. No, we should not no, change no, our no. name. <laughs> Was there ever a time that I thought about giving up? I'm starting to notice a trend that I answered a lot of these questions uh, thinking back to the beginning. And I, I think I realized that I struggled with this the most in the beginning. Um, and once I got past committing, I kind of um, came to a place where I felt like I almost didn't have a choice but to commit anymore, if that makes sense. Uh, so for me, if I ever thought about giving up, it was probably after that one or like during the time around that first like workload conversation or feeling Mm. like, okay, if we did all this work and we're here now, like, are we going to continue this? Right. But once we said we were, I think by the time we hit year two, like the whole figuring out, um, if we should go full time into this, a lot of my back and forth was about how to make it happen because I honestly felt like I couldn't not like I felt like we got to a place where there was enough receptivity and that our hearts were in it and that – and this sounds a little bit like cheesy, but I'm like when there's a will, there's a way. And I could already feel like whether I wanted to or not, my will was already there. You know Uh-oh. what I mean? So it was like um, – yeah. So probably at the beginning, but after that, yeah. Hmm. How about you, Helen? I don't think there was ever a time I thought about giving up actually. Like not once. 
Um, I know when we first started this podcast, we had built out a financial runway. And we said to ourselves, if we don't hit this number in three months, we got to go back to what we were doing before, keeping this just as our side hustle mm. and letting it grow at a slower rate. Yes, we, mm. we'd still be invested, but much slower rate, right? And I remember thinking, that ain't going to happen. Like, I'll entertain this activity of building out a financial model for this, <laughs> but mm, we're going to hit that goal. So not once in my mind did I think that we would be stopping this, actually. Um, and I do remember those conversations at the beginning, especially for Janet and myself. We talked about how it's pretty vital to stay on top of the technical skills in UX and in finance, in valuation, if we wanted to stay relevant and marketable in our respective industries. But, you know, like Janet was saying, one thing led to another, and we exceeded that month, three-month goal as expected, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, I can't see myself going back to corporate, at least in the immediate future. Mm. And we are definitely willing our way to through this yeah and i do want to clarify that when i say the beginning i mean like when we started in 2017 i think by the time we got to the beginning of 2020 i was also like i know we need to do this i'm just like how you know and that was helen's financial modeling helped like settle my nerves Mm -hmm. a lot like all right i guess i'll build this out to settle some nerves but unnecessary (laughs) just kidding just kidding just kidding no no no. i honestly i love that confidence i think that that is like pretty critical to us like pushing Mm -hmm. through and and to the morale and i think people maybe under underestimate how important morale is when you're starting something like this and when you only have three people Mm -hmm. right like one person's dynamic effects like when you say we're a trifecta it's a trifecta yeah Yeah. and for anyone that does want to jump into a passion project definitely i mean build out your financial model yes yeah you know there is a purpose to it and it does give you the confidence once you see numbers on paper and know whether or not you can survive and for how long Mm -hmm. what is your runway yeah yeah but having some of that like uh the illogical gut like that special sauce or whatever you want to say that drive is is pretty critical yes for sure okay so now we've talked about um if there was ever a time we thought about giving up is there something currently about abg that you wish you could change better understanding our taxes (laughs) oh that's a good one that's a really good one i feel like that part of our business operation is not fun ever and every time that one topic gets brought up the energy just gets so sucked i can see in your faces when i answer it gets sucked out of the room like mel knows she handles the quarterly sales taxes and it's the funniest shit ever it's the worst thing ever okay i to to this mother effing day why am I that has no finance background the one doing our sales tax like literally this is what happens every quarter oh shit no Janet goes I see on the calendar we gotta check our sales tax I go it's on my to-do list and then I start doing it in front of the ladies and I literally start sweating and I don't know what the hell I'm doing and I look at Helen and this is ignoring me and I'm just like you are our finance person I need help and then you then you're like oh Mel I'm just like don't help me. You should just, just do this for me. I hate it. That, that is one Aww. thing that I think I'll, I'll leave there. For, it's, it's, it's like our humor. It's a humorous thing now. Um, unless you really want to transfer it over, Mel. But like, you know. I really hate it. It's funny because I don't touch any of the finances besides that one tax thing. I don't I know, know why. I know. I took over your like invoicing and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But it's, it's more for the humor of it now <laughs> for me. <laughs> Laughing out of your pain. Sorry. I'm really That's sweating terrible. just thinking about it. <laughs> Pass her something on social that. <laughs> yeah, give me something on social. Um, but yeah, no, I, I honestly can't think of anything else that I would change other than taxes. <laughs> I guess the first thing I did think about was that I wish we could grow faster mm-hmm. and become this vision that we have for ourselves as this huge collective for Asian American women with multiple groups of representation for more niche communities under the Asian American umbrella. Like, that would be so dope. But 
we have such a long way to go and I do love where we are now. I am enjoying this growth stage and we totally get excited with every monthly finance, social downloads report. So it's a good, humble place to be in and I wouldn't actually want to change that. Um, but I am excited for the day that we have full-time employees and, and managers for certain departments that mm-hmm. are not us, you know, that that is something that is exciting. Yeah. How about for you, Mel? Other than taxes that you would change. <laughs> actually, you know, surprisingly, I actually did not have that on my list. But now, Oh, so you don't mind it. Oh. I was thinking more big picture. But now I have to say I'm just like, mm, I would love to offload that. Um, but I think I'm on the same page with Helen. I said, I don't think I'd change anything. But I will acknowledge that we do have such big hopes and dreams for ABG that I wish we had the finances to bring on more people and the time mm-hmm. to do them. Mm-hmm. But I do – I don't want to rush it because I feel like we're working hard right now to get there eventually. So – Again, yeah, hopefully, yeah. and enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't change anything. I feel like we're we're supposed to be where we're at, and I'm happy with the uh, the growth that we have currently. So, mm. no change on my end. <laughs> How about you, Jay? Um, so I was I was thinking about like you know we're on our retreat right now, uh, the first one of 2021, and um, one of the the big things that has been on my mind is, and all of us we've talked about this is how to grow, right? Like this year we're like we want to grow our our audience and our listenership. So if I if I could change one thing, I want a more direct way to reach more of the mm. Asian American young professional audience, because I know there's so many of us out there and. As I love our audience right now, but I'm just like, there's so much potential of people that could help and enhance this community and benefit from the community that I feel like we're just not quite reaching it. Um, And some of that I'm thinking about like podcasting platforms. I'm like, why can't podcasting platforms be as discoverable as like YouTube videos, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's starting to happen. We see on Spotify, they're designing like the feeds to be a little bit more introducing new people to new, to new podcasts. But I wish I could like just increase that a little bit more. But yeah. we are that is something we're focusing on yeah. in this coming year. So, um, yeah. I thought that's such a Dana answer. You're very like, <laughs> the technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I think that's something we know we wish we could change. We always say like podcasting space is like kind of like it's evolving. And yeah. it's still like when we even first started, it was like, what is this? Yeah. yeah. You know, so. That's true. I, if we had that answer, that would be, and we knew how to work towards that other than like just grow every part of the business and that's gonna come naturally if anyone out there has ideas um seriously like dm us yeah i I, yeah i think we're open to to trying things or email us at hello at asianbossgirl.com hello Um, I think one thing I'll acknowledge with ABG is that it's been a learning process from day one, from learning how to edit to even learning things about ourselves. So what is the most valuable thing you've learned about yourself from ABG the past three, four years? One of the first things that came to mind uh, for me uh, uh, around this is um, it reinforced for me the kind of like worker and leader I am. Because I think that each of us, because we're such a small team, each of us in different capacities, in different situations will lead the whole group, right? I have always been someone that is generally more reserved and is generally more quiet. And uh, it's challenging for me always to figure out like, how do I function as as a leader or as a small team where I have to be a public facing leading something, right? And it had, honestly, because I've uh, transitioned careers a lot, it's been a long time since I've really had to be in like a leadership role. Like mm-hmm. the la- I was very active in like college and stuff, but like for a lot of the jobs that I changed, I was more focused on like getting the work done and I wasn't mm-hmm. like managing people. So this was the first time in like years that I kind of think about like if I had to manage a group of people or if I'm leading like a project, like what is my style? Mm-hmm. That was something for me that was really rewarding to reintroduce myself to my style of kind of 
being more of a background influence and a quiet power, as some people have referred to it as, um, and really getting comfortable with that. The second thing is to um, to accept and be proud of the fact that I am someone who will likely in my life transition between different lines of work. I think that uh, we all know from my past that I've jumped around from job to job. And when I finally landed on UX, I was like, okay, I kind of fell back into the trap of that, that thinking like, then this is the thing. This is my identity. This is all I'm doing. Um, but then... But then it's like, then ABG comes around. And so when we were making that decision to go full-time again, I was like, here I am changing again. But I was like, you know what? No, actually, like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that has been a really big gift that uh, that ABG has has really helped me, like, accept about myself. Mm-hmm. I like hearing that. It's like you're finding your identity more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's a smaller environment and it makes you sort of have to, like, see yourself in a certain in certain light yeah maybe I you feel didn't like get I've the opportunity had, to before yeah yes it's challenged it's challenged me to like step into to roles where I've been a little nervous about fulfilling yeah yeah and I think that's when you know that something's good when you, you're a little bit scared yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you're a fucking powerhouse let me tell you that <laughs> all right <laughs> how about for you Helen I know that like you've talked a lot about kind of you came from a 10-year career mm. right and you were like 10 years and you are incredibly solid in your career and you were successful and to start to go from that into something completely new and to have to kind of like reestablish an identity for yourself what has been the most valuable thing you've learned about yourself now that it's been a year well two things um one I remember being really afraid that after leaving EY the skills that I learned in such a niche market in valuation of private companies and equity securities was not going to translate to any other job unless it was another big four or private Mm. equity or venture capital firm and I honestly thought I was going to bring nothing truly valuable to ABG because it's a complete 180 from what I did from financial services to podcasting in the entertainment space like what (laughs) but I can see now that in hindsight that EY prepared me 100% to feeling the confidence that I feel now in growing ABG because I gained all this knowledge about how companies run, why companies fail, how to step back and take a look at the bigger picture, bird's eye view of things. And I am glad that I'm able to bring those skills to ABG. Secondly, like I said earlier, I never truly thought about uh, my story and my experiences and that they are actually really unique and special. I think throughout my high school and college years, I held shame in growing up in the inner city and growing up in a tiny apartment with my family. And I remember there was this one speaking event we had at a college where I was just like, fuck it. Like, this is my story and this is who I am. And that moment felt like I claimed that part of my identity back again. And it wasn't like anyone took it away from me. It was because I had rejected it for such a long period of time. And so something that I found valuable about myself through ABG is something that has also become sort of my personal mission with this podcast and I'll direct it to the to the listeners out there and it is that your stories as mundane as they may feel to you can be fascinating to others and I would say don't dismiss your story as mediocre because every single person is incredibly unique and worthy and special Um, and if anything ABG has taught me that our stories matter, my story matters, and that is the most valuable thing about you. Mm. So that is something that is a true takeaway from these four years of experience here. I will definitely say that your skill set has been like 
critical. Honestly, like not just the finances part, but your leadership skills, mm-hmm. your drive, your work ethic, all of that has been incredibly critical. But I understand that fear because I had that, I think that it's natural for whenever you're changing careers, especially one where like it's, it's even more challenging to change once you've really established yourself in a mm-hmm. career because you have more to lose, right? right. I want to say that sometimes I forget that you have made such a giant 180 leap in just a year's time. Yeah. Uh, and I think Mel and I have talked about this where like you kind of – you or you carry it with such grace mm-hmm. that oftentimes I forget. Same. But you need to know that like it's observed from us that it, it is a big change. And I don't see the the nerves, I guess. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear you like talk about it. And mm-hmm. I think it's good for people to, to hear it. And yeah, for anyone out there, know that your skills are translatable and it's possible. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was going to say, because, like, I think Helen, like, like you said, it was, like, a 180, but your transition was so seamless to us that I, I do forget that you did come from a 10-year career. I'm like, yeah. oh, like, it just, it felt so natural for you, though, to be yeah. doing these things. And, like, even during speaking events and all this stuff, I feel you lead really well with example. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, shit, like, that was really good what Helen said. And I'm, like, always noting these things. And so it's just, like, I know you haven't, like, I went through internal struggles, like, transitioning, but I'm like, I, I never felt it because I'm like, you do it so well, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It is, it is a very difficult thing to, and I, I think I've said this in the past, where it's like for someone who has sat behind a desk job behind a computer for 10 years and like honestly in the office no one goes beyond the surface level of like Mm -hmm. how's your weekend and so to be sharing my story it's like whoa this is a lot to share and also internally for me never having gone to these places Mm -hmm. of really diving you know deep into myself it's like okay i'm doing this and i'm doing this on the podcast for the world to hear you know so it's it's scary but i think that is that to the second part of what i was saying it's like i've never learned how special every single person is like Mm -hmm. honestly i saw myself as like oh yeah you're some like asian girl that grew up like in in boston austin massachusetts and it's like so every so did everyone else here in Austin, yeah, yeah. Massachusetts. What makes you special? But it is the combination of all the things that you have been through that makes you unique, and that no one else. You're like a freaking snowflake, and no one is identical to you. Mm-hmm. And you you lead a very unique life, and that's what we're trying to do here at ABG to make sure that everyone out there also feels like their story is important by sharing our story. Whether you can relate to some aspect, and that makes you feel internally like you're you're heard or you're seen, and you feel comfortable sharing your story. That is why we're doing what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually another thing I've observed from you, which I think is a really good lesson to take away, is when you do transition to something and it is so different, I think one of the core ways that you've been able to do it so well is, like you said, I remember at the beginning um, of our journey of going full-time, you're like, my my inner work right now is to find my inner locus. Mm. And I've heard you repeatedly say your second message, which is like, this is my purpose. This is my story. Your focus of being able to say why this is important to you is critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yay. And it is, when I speak about morale too, I think that it is something that like, the more that I hear you ladies talk about and reinforce why you're doing this, it helps to strengthen the entire trifecta. (laughs) (laughs) Spark that butt. Yeah. (laughs) How about for you, Mel? What is one, what is the most valuable thing you have learned about yourself from ABG? I feel like honestly, being part of ABG has taught me so much about myself that it's hard to pinpoint one. Um, I think with a lot of our episodes, we have to form, like, opinions on things and be very introspective about yourself. It's kind of like, um, I always describe ABG as, like, it's like a public therapy session. <laughs> but I think, if anything, ABG has taught me to be fully aware of of who I am. Like, I feel like I have to be, you know, giving my opinion, going deep in some of these topics. And I think it allowed me to step into this person that I actually really know. Like, I feel like I really know myself because of the episodes. Like, yeah. This awareness is such a great superpower to have, but I feel like I'm, 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 I'm able to have this because of the episodes and 
like for example like understanding why my asian american identity means so much to me um that i think through our episodes i'm like i could actually say when someone asks me a question i could be like this is exactly why it means so much i could give you a straight answer instead of saying i don't know because I don't know, it's not an answer, I think, sometimes for some of our episodes, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. I think another thing that ABJ has taught me is to really step into my own political voice. And that is something I was very insecure about. There's something about owning this insecurity and be like, you know, Mel, like, I do think this is important. And your insecurity is probably feel, felt by a lot of other people. But yes. let me just challenge that yeah. and step into this because I do think it's important. So that's one thing I really learned about myself from ABJ is like, how can I... How do I develop my own relationship with with politics and my finding mm-hmm. my own political activism voice? And I think at the end of the day, I just feel like I just know myself so much better because of ABG, because of the topics we talk about. And I feel very fortunate that we have these episodes mm-hmm. where we challenge ourselves to really go there. In some ways, you know, we talk about where you got to do the work to really understand and know yourself. I feel like we do it a lot through the episodes, and I feel very lucky and blessed that I'm able to do that. On a, I guess on a public platform that is very nerve-wracking, but how lucky are we to have time and is our job to actually learn more about ourselves yeah, and be yeah. aware? Like that is what that is such a blessing to have yeah. because that is something people don't really get on a day-to-day. So mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate to have this platform to do that. And, and I will say, Mel, that I think you represent a lot of people out there that feel this way. So anytime you come to us and you're like, I don't know if I can talk about this. Like, that makes me really uncomfortable. Like, Janet and I are like, girl, lean into that. Because yeah. there are so many people that have the insecurity and not a lot of people put it out there that that isn't an insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I think when you do, it's incredibly relatable. But then you are doing the work to show people how they can also do the work mm-hmm. and grow and become better versions of themselves. Yeah, but you're you're amazing. You're I freaking love. I think I've learned a lot about you too mm-hmm. as an individual mm-hmm. and for both of you. And I'm just like, we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. We're not, but there is something beautiful about us just becoming the better versions of ourselves and working through our insecurities and being authentic about it and sharing it on that on the podcast too as we're going through it. And I think that's like a beautiful journey to see you grow too, Mel. Yeah, I was gonna say like something I've I've learned and perceived about you is because. Um, you have mentioned this before, but you are the youngest of the three of us. And Mm -hmm. sometimes like I can see how that can put a lot of pressure, Mm -hmm. um, when we're doing something that all three of us are doing for the first time. And for you on so many levels, you could be feeling like, um, it's so easy to fall into the mindset of like being scared Mm -hmm. or like I'm not enough or getting stressed out. Right. So you specifying this particular thing about the, the, you know, stepping into your own political voice. I've seen you time and time again, like be scared of something and then meet that challenge. Mm -hmm. So if there's something Mm -hmm. valuable I've learned about you, it's that you are like, you're very brave in that way. Not to say that you don't like, like freak out, like, cause we cry together and we, you know, like, but, but you, but that's the point is that like, when you feel the most fear, you lean into that. Yes. So, yes. So know that about yourself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, thank you. I really appreciate you, you uh, both saying that. Do y'all remember sex ed? We learn to prevent pregnancy at all costs, but when it comes to planning for pregnancy, why does it still feel like a mystery in this day and age? The traditional guidance with fertility has been just, you know, wait and see, but there are so many tools out there to plan out and track milestones in our life like wellness, finances, careers, school. Why is it that fertility is still in the wait and see category. Here at ABG, we all think it's time for a new type of education that puts your reproductive goals front and center. 
Knowledge is power, and when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com A-B-G. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com A-B-G. modernfertility.com A-B-G. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but... When I would get sick as a kid and young adult, my mother often told me to take lower doses of medications than what was recommended on the bottles at U.S. pharmacies. She said that those doses were often based on research conducted on white men, whose biology are completely different from my own. Did you know that almost 40% of the U.S. are people of color, but medical research is 80-90% to white? If we aren't part of these studies, we can't be sure that treatments will work for us or what unique side effects might emerge. Lack of participation leads to serious consequences because critical medical solutions will be made without considering us. That's why it's so important to be active and present in health and medical research. The All of Us Research Program is doing incredible work in this field. They are the largest and most diverse health resource on behalf of groups who have been left out of research in the past. As a participant, you'll share info which researchers will be able to use for thousands of studies on all kinds of diseases. It's up to you how much you want to share, all of the info is secure, and your identifiable info is removed so it's anonymous. You can sign up and do everything safely from the comfort of your own home. Participants can get a $25 gift card, their personalized genetic results, and one of 10,000 Fitbit devices. Participation is power. Join to make a difference at joinallofus.org ABG. Open to U.S. residents only. Well, of all the things that have happened in the last four years, what are you most proud of for the group and for yourself individually? This may be my longest answer. (laughs) I will say as a group, I am very proud of us for stepping into this role and this responsibility. We built a brand out of nothing while we were working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I will say this level of dedication and time we put into ABG should not be overlooked. Um, I also want to be proud of having the courage to not only share your story, but being vulnerable while you do it. We could have easily kept this podcast, you know, semi-surface level, but we didn't want to do that. And I feel like choosing to go deeper and choosing to be vulnerable is a courageous act. And I feel that's something we should not overlook. Mm -hmm. I think on an an individual front, it's kind of the same. And I think you guys, I appreciate your, um, your response to the last question and your words of encouragement. I do think even though I feel super hesitant for certain episodes because I know I'm going to cry and I don't like crying all the time in public, even though I cried to you both. Or not feel as if my opinion is the right one, even though I really like to be like the right answer, like type A right here. Um, I'm proud of myself for having the courage to share all of me on the podcast because I am someone that you will get me for what I am. I am an open book and that comes with tears, that comes with feeling insecure, feeling not knowing what I'm doing. But I will be open and sharing with you that I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Another thing I'm pretty proud of is our social media. (laughs) I know. Um, I think this is all like, part of our business and all three of us are really collectively you know building this up but I know being someone that leads social I am so satisfied and very happy of where it has come you know from the content the designs even finding such a freaking amazing stellar intern Mm -hmm. everything we do on this team is intentional and I feel like I'm proud of it in so many ways and I think for me social you guys know I love social media but 
it, I know ABG is like this bigger project, but if I had to look at my own like mini project within ABG social is like my mini, my little baby. And it comes with the good and the bad and definitely a sense of responsibility. But I am really proud of this little, little project amongst ABG. But I think overall, like to repeat what I said um, with all the three of us and as a, as a team, as a brand, I'm just proud of us for having the courage just to share our story and be vulnerable. So um, that is the mo- that is the thing I will continue to be proud of and um, try to do as we continue with ABG throughout the years. So that's my my proud proud moment. Yes. And for any of you um, who have not been on our social media, check out our Instagram. It is beautifully yeah. curated with a lot of good content at at Asian Boss Girl. And Mel is the the leader behind all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious, Janet, what did, what are you most proud of for us as a group? I am proud that despite how ABG has challenged each of our personal insecurities, that we're able to continue showing up for each other. Mm. Um, I think sometimes I don't realize, maybe because I get so much in my own head before a speaking event, how scared I am. I don't realize how scared you both are until (laughs) we record episodes like this and we talk about, or like, or if we're going into a work week, I'm thinking about my stress and I'm not thinking about other, you know, but when I hear you ladies express like how um, our work together has challenged you personally in some of your own deepest like stresses or insecurities there have been many situations where we could easily give up Mm -hmm. uh, and we haven't and I think a lot of that is like I'm very proud of both of you and for us for doing that and then secondly I'm really proud that we prioritize each other's well-being over anything else Mm -hmm. and I think that comes down to like the friendship um, everything like it can be once again, the challenge of balancing being close in relationship with your coworkers and then trying to build something of value together. I'm proud that we're, we've been able to continue having that priority straight. Mm-hmm. For myself, um, I am proud that I was able to co-start a creative project and eventually turn it into a full-time job. Yay! Well, yeah. What the like, heck? That's a... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... I don't, I think that I realized that I spent so much of my early career searching for this. And then when Mm. I stopped searching and I was like, UX is good and I'm working for someone else is good. Suddenly it like fell into my lap a little bit. Um, So that still perplexes me a bit and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Uh, And then also that I feel more comfortable in somewhat of a public image Mm. and that I don't feel, knock on wood, as shaken by other, by, by people's potential negative comments or, or things like that. Mm. Please don't send negative opinions my way. This was not a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> this was not a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> After these four years together, what are you most proud of us as a group and then of yourself individually? Well, individually, as a Sagittarius, which is the most free-spirited zodiac mm. sign out there, I always found it very difficult for me to stick to something that I like doing mm. uh, that wasn't my job. Like, I did mm. boxing for a few months and said, this is my thing, and that stopped. And I would go and collect sand from all different beaches and say, I'm going to collect sand. This is going to be my thing, until I forgot to label where the sand came from. <laughs> I just had a bunch of random plastic baggies of sand at home. <laughs> so I really wanted to find something I was passionate about mm-hmm. outside of hustling at my job. And I have so many journal entries, and I still remember those moments where I'm just like, Ugh, Helen, like, figure it out. What is your passion? Uh, with a lot of ends. <laughs> so personally for me, I am very proud of having put in a lot of work here and being consistent and sticking with it. And for us as a group, I am so proud of us when we are owning a stage and all eyes are on us 
and both of you are killing it with your answers. And I'm like, damn, I'm with some boss ass women right now. And I and I know that that wasn't natural or easy for any of us to do because that's not our, you know, prior careers yeah. at all. So I'm proud of us for, like you ladies have said, for having built this company up from nothing to this amazing brand that I'm so freaking proud of, for leaving our stable jobs and believing in this passion project and for doing it also very meticulously. And I think above all, I'm proud of us for having built all of this organically mm. and in the most authentic way possible by being ourselves uh, and, and not and sharing not only the fun and positive things about life, but the real like nitty gritty shitty things that really suck in life too. And uh, I'm proud, you know, of you ladies and thankful for both of you for being here by my side. Um, and yeah, I'm also proud that we, you know, exceeded our year-end goals that we had set for ourselves. Yeah. 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 Helen good. is always so excited when we do that. Or we're all, but because she's the one that does it. She's, she knows the results before we talk about it. <laughs> our finances. We do monthly finance updates, monthly social updates, monthly downloads updates. So we all have little reports that we send to each other. Yeah, but I, I get I get so excited when yeah. I send the finance one. You can hear it in like yeah. the email, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then when she presents it, she does the okay. Oh, <laughs> like the, the, oh my god, that is so hell. The body yeah. position. You know when she's like excited about something, she can't hold it in, and it's infectious and yeah. it's great. And I get it because you like start hyping me. I'm like, oh shit, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't open it until you're next to me. Okay, like we have this thing. But it's just nice to feel excited about it. You know, it's like yeah. this is our brand, it's our business. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of us. Also, nitty gritty shitty. That was a great rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> Put on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of the nitty gritty shitty, yes. what do you ladies think will challenge you the most about our work in 2021? And then conversely, what are you looking forward to the most? Oof. Uh, I remember when we were talking to Leah, you, mm-hmm. and Jason Lee, who both run their own small businesses. I think they both had said that managing people it's one of the more difficult things that they've had to face, whether it's letting people go or stepping in as HR and dealing with heated emotions. I think I'm excited to have that problem, but at the pace we're going now, we are probably going to need to hire up soon, which is exciting, you know, but also really scary. And I and I think taking my own advice from earlier, like opening up more about personal stories and continuing to be vulnerable is always going to be challenging for me, but something that I'm equally scared and excited for. Um, and what I'm looking forward to is is growing our team, is growing our community for our listeners, is going to diversify our business to be a full-fledged media company rather than just a podcast alone. Uh, you know, maybe we'll write a book. Oh, maybe we'll be flown out to another country to film something, you know, oh. once COVID is lifted and, and stay-at-home is lifted and all of that. I mean, who knows? You know, I feel like the way that the three of us operate... We are very quick to shift from one thing to the next and jump on opportunities as they come. And they've been coming, and that's so exciting. I do want to you know, focus more on the community aspect of our brand in 2021. Uh, I think having a centralized place for all of you out there listening to communicate with one another, to share your stories in a safe, comfortable platform and environment is something that I really want for all of us. Um, and, you know, maybe that'll be just a start to something even bigger beyond that. But mm. that is something I look forward to in 2021. Thank you. Really good answers. You want to take them? <laughs> kind of. It's more like, and copy and paste what Helen said. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I will say the most challenging thing about, I feel like, for our work for 2020, for 2021 is, uh, I think maybe for me on the, on the individual level, it's to is the idea of balance is going to change. And I had this conversation with my friend from back home because – I think me and her both naturally work in a 
our careers are a little bit like they're not the typical nine to five. And so we're having this conversation of like how this idea of work life balance is going to change. I think in order for us to get to where we want, I understand the next year or so we're going to need to continue to put in more hours and work more weekends. For me, um, this idea wouldn't have like I wouldn't have accepted this probably like three years ago, but it's understanding that like I'm not it's understanding that work life balance is something I can still have. But it's knowing how to adjust. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I'm definitely not the type to promote that, like, I don't want to say hustle culture, but, like, you know the people, when people say, when you, people use the whole, like, when you work hella hard and use your hours as a requirement of success. Mm. Or, like, what is that? Um, It's, like, more frowned upon, like, whole, like, people brag about the, how many hours they're putting over. Oh, like over. the bragging about your exhaustion. Yeah. Bragging about, yeah, yeah. So for me, it's not about that. But for ABG, it's more of accepting and understanding that all three of us have really exciting plans for ABG and this vision that we really want to execute and just want to like charge forward towards and that and we actually don't mind putting those off hours to get our work done because it's something exciting you know mm. whenever we hit a milestone we understand it requires work and time but we're okay with putting it in and these are expectations I will say that we put on ourselves and not and these aren't things we put on our team it's because as the CEOs of this company we're like we're like, I think we're just very like stoked and very excited to hit those milestones and goals. But I think for me on an individual level, like that's something I learned about myself. Like, Mel, you could put in more hours because you really care about it before. I'm just like, uh, that's fine. Bye. Like, I'm going to just clock out. Yeah. But I never had something where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't mind doing that a little bit on the weekends. It's like having that project. And I used to hear my CEO friends, even Jason talk about it, like, oh, yeah, you know, on the weekends I do Jubilee work. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I was a good employee. But, like, yeah. but I think now having your own brand is something you really care about. You're like this is fun. This is creative. This is our baby. And so you're like, I'm going to take care of my baby when I want to. That's actually something that I noticed in you too, Mel. Um, Something when we first started. Yeah. I remember you saying like, so what are our hours? Like, we're going to be done by five, right? Like we're going to, and in my mind, I was like, sure. Like that that was one part, one uh, moment when I was like, okay, friends first, balance, Helen, (laughs) like (laughs) I get your finance, like career, your mind, you like went to home, went home at like 12. So hmm, that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, there's a whole nother day after five left. (laughs) But I, I was, I remember saying like, yeah, we can start off, you know, trying that. Um, and then over time, balance is still very much a priority and I think it's very necessary, but you've done it in a way where you understand when you are tired and when you can work hard and you can work hard beyond five now. And yeah. that doesn't become like a, I need to leave by five mm-hmm. anymore. It's more like, hey, I, I want to go home and make dinner and I'll be back online later. Yeah. Like that, is, that has become, that has replaced what your expectations are with our yeah. hours. Yeah. I will say it happened after that conversation about like lighting the spark under my ass or whatever that yeah. thing. <laughs> I think it's because like, I think one thing we do really well as ABG is like we set tangible goals. And I think when we exceed it and like even financial goals, I'm like, this hard work, I'm seeing the fruits of our labor. And I'm yeah. like, I'm down to put in this like labor or this hours because I know it's going to benefit not only us as a team, but it's going to benefit like benefit like our external team. Like I want to be able to bring on more people and pay them well and do yes. all the right things as a business. This is just again learning so much from our episodes. Like even like when I think about saying this now, it's like understanding the girl boss culture. Like we talked about it. It's just like no, I want to be a really not not only do I want to be a really good team, I want to be a good manager. I want to be a good leader. So all of this requires time and effort, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm more than willing to put that in now. So I'm just like like all this shit, we're growing. Um, <laughs> speaking of like what I'm looking forward to in 2021 and putting you know seeing the fruits of our labors grow on this beautiful tree um i am just excited to continue growing into the new year and um excited to see all these different reports come in every month to see how well we're doing i'm also excited to see what new opportunities that are going to come that we're not going to expect and be excited Mm -hmm. for there are already some projects in the pipeline that i think we're all very stoked about 
and I'm just leave it at that. Um, but I'm excited for the things that we didn't expect to come to come because I think that happened a lot last year in 2020. We're like, oh shit, this brand deal came in. We're like, wait, what, what? Like, oh shoot. So to jump on those opportunities when they come, but there's also this like unknown territory that I'm like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I'm down to see what, what happens. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of exciting too. Yes, the mm-hmm. unexpected and the potential is very exciting for where we are now because yeah, we're like we're we are established as like we are. A, a fairly good podcast, you know, and we're a that. good media company and we can execute on a lot of these things. And yes, that is a very scary, but also exciting thing yeah. with us. Yeah. yeah. So that was actually, so when I think about what's uh, challenging, I first think about the last couple of episodes where we were like reflecting and then we're like making personal goals. And now we're like talking about all the stuff we did in the last year. And now that we're standing at the forefront of this new year with all of these potential opportunities, I'm like super, super excited. And then suddenly when it subsides, I'm like, oh, wait, now it's time to execute, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I hear um, a lot of entrepreneurs say when they hit a certain milestone is it becomes challenging when you – like it's a blessing, but it's also a curse to have so many possibilities because you want to make sure you – maintain focus Mm. so I would say that 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 will be something that could be a challenge for us Mm -hmm. in the coming year I think we've done a really good job so far considering that we do we have pushed multiple different activities in our business quite well with with like just the three of us kind of at the helm but now that uh, we have even more opportunities I think it's um, it will be something that I want us to to deliberately focus on to make sure that we kind of keep it simple and keep it keep the missions like focused um, but I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. But yes, that is, a, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, in terms of what I'm looking forward to, I know I keep saying this, I want to expand our audience, but, <laughs> but something to look forward to that comes out of that is um, hopefully in 2021, we can start, or maybe then it's 2022, but when we start to get back out and, and meet people face to face, I'm excited to see how some of these people who are discovering us for the first time, how there will be some similarities in their reactions, but hopefully there will also be differences. Maybe we'll hit different audiences. Maybe people will interpret our stuff in a different way. And that's what I'm, I'm excited to see how like it'll not like ABG will naturally morph as a result, as our audience changes. Um, And then I think the other thing is like, we all, we've all echoed the excitement of growing our team and our business, right? Like be able to like strengthen our income, not just to have more money, but it's like, the money is a means to an end, and that end is to be able to like grow the team to pay our employees or our consultants, the people that we work with, a good amount, a fair amount, to be able to pay ourselves a good amount so that we feel comfortable, um, so that we feel confident about being able to continue this for years to come. Hmm. Oh, so many things to look forward to. <laughs> yes. And thank you all seriously for being part of this ride. I know mm-hmm. this whole this episode was a long one, and yeah. we went through a lot of different things, but to Janet's point, it's like you are – the drivers of you know what we're doing and we're excited to see you grow with us Mm -hmm. and we're excited to meet you in person in 2022 i guess one thing it's like if you have friends that might be interested in this podcast word of mouth is honestly one of the best marketing tools and if you can just share that with a friend right now at this very moment just send them this or your favorite episode that can be make a world of a difference for us yes Yeah. yeah as Jana was talking and you're and you're talking about like share with a friend and like thinking about actually finally seeing our listeners in person like mm. I just can't wait to hug everyone like oh gosh <laughs> y'all beware Mel's a touchy person yes. it all comes from love but you know <laughs> I am very affectionate so all our listeners out there the day we have like another meetup please come running to me and give me a big hug I really Mel's gonna be like kissing everyone like oops <laughs> no but like I I just like I I, I do miss that because like now that we're thinking about like our old meetups, like we always give everyone a hug. 
Yeah. yeah. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Oh. I, I miss you all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We have a bunch of shout outs for this week, so I'm going to truncate these just a little bit. First, we have a shout out from Ruby to her long distance relationship boyfriend, Alex. She says, congrats on your new job, and she can't wait for you both to be in the same time zone again. Happy birthday to Valerie from your husband, Alan. He also tells us you religiously listen to our podcast before bedtime. We hope we're bringing you some fun bedtime stories. All the way from Atlanta, happy birthday to Crystal from your husband and ABB, Bruce. And in New York, happy birthday to Donna from your good friend Emily. And in LA, happy 25th birthday to Coralist from your soulmate Amy. To Marina from your friend Mai in Wisconsin, she says, despite recent heartaches and barriers, I'm extremely proud of your perseverance to go after your masters. Also, I love that you continue to be the strong-minded woman that you are. If you have any upcoming birthday shoutouts, anniversary shoutouts, uh, wishing someone or congratulating someone on a new job or a first home, or maybe you just want to say hi, you can send them a shoutout by heading to our Instagram account at Asian Boss Girl and look for the form in our link in bio, and we'll read it on air in one of our upcoming episodes. If you want to support us, here are some ways you can do so. You can follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, share this episode with a friend, as Helen had mentioned, and uh, if you'd like to support us through monthly donations to help keep this podcast running you can do so at anchor.fm slash asian boss girl slash support or get some merch at asian boss girl.myshopify.com we're also very active on my little mini baby project social media so our <laughs> handle is at asian boss girl if you resonate with today's episode let us know in the comments of our ig post and if you'd like to put faces to our names you can find us on youtube where we have started to make some awesome new fresh video content so check us out there Last but not least, thank you so much to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. Thank you so much for joining us for our 100th episode and for tuning in the past three, four years with us. Yes. And we just want to say thank you so much, and we'll see you on next week's episode. And before you go, we wanted to remind you once more about our live podcast that will be happening next Tuesday, February 2nd at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Stereo app. Like we mentioned earlier, the Stereo app users can engage with the platform to listen in, seek out topics, and join conversations about topics that relate to them. And there are a wide range of conversation topics on Stereo. Not just our podcast, but other shows filled with comedy, pop culture, lifestyle, sports, and more. Stereo can be downloaded for free by Apple and Android users, and they have these fun little avatars that you can create for yourself too. Again, check out our Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and click on the link that says weekly live show on Stereo. Again, check out our Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and click on the link in our bio that says weekly live show on Stereo to catch our show next Tuesday, February 2nd at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Instagram.com slash Asian Boss Girl and click on our link tree to grab that link right after this episode. See y'all there. Bye. Bye.